0: y'all. Welcome back to the Intentional Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Ange Barnard, and today we're talking about endings. Endings to create new beginnings. So if you are someone who wants to improve some area of your life, that's probably a new beginning for you, which means that you got to end some things so that you can create that new beginning. So the reason why this topic came up is because my husband and I are working on our end of the year letter. So every year we send out a letter that pretty much to our friends and family that pretty much summarizes the whole year, like how it went. So we talk about things that we're proud of ourselves for. We talk about our biggest lessons, new changes that have happened since the previous year, Um, We talk about things that we're looking forward to in the new year, some of our goals for the new year, stuff like that. And then we add some photos to it, send it out. Well, the reason why we do this is not so much to keep everybody updated around all the things that are happening, but really for ourselves to make sure that we are evaluating each year so that we can think about who we want to be going forward and also reflect back and see like, did we do or the things that we wanted to do from the previous years. So I'm always looking at previous year's letters. and I'll tell you what this year when I went back and I looked at the previous year's letter, there was some things on there that I know that I didn't give much energy to. like that I said that's something that I wanted to do. I said that's who I wanted to be. but the follow- through of like being that person, Not so much. Like if I was to grade myself on that, I don't think I would even get a C on it. Seriously. And I was, I looked back and I was like, well, that's disappointing. But you know what? Now I know. And now I got to think about what got in the way, Ange. And when I thought about it, it was because I did not end some things that I should have ended, you know, to create space for who I wanted to be. So a lot of times we don't even know like what it is that we should end to be who we want to be. But this episode is going to get you thinking about some things that are stealing your energy and your focus that's preventing you from being who you want to be. And if we think about this from a perspective of, I'm just going to throw in my Christian faith here, and, I, and from this perspective of the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. This is what it says in the Bible, Right. So I think about how all of us have been given these gifts and talents, we're meant to do these things in the world, right? And the the thing that the thief wants to do is to kill, steal, and destroy. What's the easiest way to stop us from being who we were called to be? Distract us. Distract us with other things that don't matter, that are not our mission in the world. Like I think that's really what's going on here. So. This episode is going to be filled with things that I think that we all could really benefit from stopping to do. Unless some of you guys might have some of these areas under control, but I know that I could definitely stop doing some of the things that I'm about to share in this episode. Now, part of this episode is an old episode that I feel like is worth revisiting. This is episode 26, so it goes way back because we're like past 120 something as, as time of this recording. So it goes so far back that you probably can't even find it. But I went back and I listened to it and I was like, okay, Ange, like you need to be stopping to do these things. Maybe at one point you were good about not doing those things, but you're not anymore. Like we got to give attention to those areas, end it, so you can be who you want to be. Okay. So with some evaluation in my own life, I got to tell you some stories before we go back into the old content. With some evaluation in my own life, what I've realized is this. I have been avoiding being uncomfortable way too much, way too much. And that's what's preventing me from being who I want to be or having the visions that I want to make a reality a reality is because I'm trying to avoid the discomfort that's associated with that. So My husband and I recently went on two runs that I did not want to go on. I want to be clear. I did not want to go on these runs. I was a total Grinch to him before we went on the runs because I was annoyed and I started like blaming it on the fact that he waited too long and then the weather got bad and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, really, I just did not want to go on the run because it was starting to snow. So what happened was, is we were at my husband's um, family's for the weekend before we ended up flying out to Seattle. So actually right now I'm in Seattle at the time of this recording. My husband's here in Washington for a conference. So I'm working from the hotel. And I I love it actually, because I love the fact that I'm out of my home environment, which is very, can be very distracting to me as far as like, I'll want to like, do the laundry. I hate laundry. But you know what happens is is like when I'm trying to work on something that's uncomfortable, my brain's like, you know what could be fun right now? Some laundry. It's like, no, laundry is never fun to me. But it's like that feels more comfortable than sitting down and doing the thing that I know I should be doing. Right. So like I'll be very distracted by my home environment, all the things. But here it's like my normal environment. It's like it's so nice because I'm out of that. So it's less distracting anyway anyhow so I'm loving being here doing all the stuff well before we came to Seattle at the in-laws right and my um husband's grandma you know recently passed away and then my my uh mother-in-law and her sisters were at the, her their her mom's home so Ian's grandma's home and they're clearing out the home going through all the items and you know it's hard it's so hard to I was watching them and you know three sisters I was watching them go through everything and and i just thought like how hard that would be like this is the home they grew up in and then now you're in this home picking through all these items trying to make it even around who gets what because now your mom and dad have passed away and it's like maybe you still have you haven't lost a parent yet or maybe you have i don't know your situation as you're listening but you know that that stuff in life is so hard and we're all headed that way right if you haven't already experienced it we're all going to leave this earth And then that got me thinking about how it's so crucial that we show up and we go all in with our time right now and we really be who we want to be. We don't let these stupid distractions take us away from the life that we're meant to have. Like this matters so much, right? Okay. So they were all doing, going through their stuff and my husband wanted to be there to go through everything. So it made it so like we didn't end up running. Our goal was to run really early in the morning. And then we ended up running late in the afternoon because he wanted to be around. And Ian is, this is what you got to know about Ian, my husband. He is so sweet. Like he really is. And like even those hard times, like he feels like he should be there and be supportive. And like that's just like how his heart is. And I love him for that. I thank God that I met someone like that. And a side note, if you have not met someone like that yet and you're in the single stages of your life. I'm telling you, like the person that you desire to be with is out there, so keep the faith. Maybe someone just needed to hear that, so I need to say that. Anywho, um, so it was later in the day and it was snowing, like it started freezing rain. It wasn't even snow yet because snow is like soft, you know? This was like hard, like the rain was starting to freeze. It's like hypothermia weather straight up. The worst is when you're cold and you're wet. That's bad. That's bad news. So anyways, it was that time and Ian's like, okay, I'm ready to go for the run. And I'm like, you, like, I'm so annoyed at this one. Cause I'm like, I'm going to have to run in this. I didn't even bring my proper clothing. Like I didn't. Yeah. So anywho, I was, I got out and he's like, well, you can handle it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I was all grouchy. So I get out and I start running and immediately like the snow or the icicles, it's like freezing rain, smacking you in the face and it hurts. Um, it feels like a bunch of like bugs are like smacking you in the face repeatedly. So I'm running, I'm freezing, and it's miserable. And I was telling myself, like you can like you can do the sand. Lean into the discomfort. Just give yourself six minutes. This goes back to I talked about this already on the show around how my cross country coach. No my track coach back in the day in high school used to always say like just get through the first 6 minutes and then your body is like yep here we are we are running and there's less resistance so i've just been practicing that in my life when something's uncomfortable i'm like just lean into it and just give yourself 6 minutes and if you want to quit after 6 minutes 10 minutes or whatever it is i'm going to give you permission to do that but i'm not you're not going to quit until you lean into that discomfort for at least 6 minutes and what i find with myself is after i've hit that bump I'm okay, like I can be in it. I just gotta get past that initial resistance. And um, the research shows actually 10 minutes. So anyhow, try that with yourself. If you're leaning into something and it's uncomfortable, give yourself that time, be like, nope, you're not allowed to quit until after this long. And then you'll find that that, that urge kind of disappears because you're already out there and you're in it. Um, this can be true for not even just running, this could be true for you trying to work on something where you gotta be super focused on that thing and you find yourself wanting to get up and you're distracted right? Just be like, I'm going to do this for six minutes. Just lean into it. Okay. So anyways, I'm out there, I'm doing it. And long story short, when I got done running, it got, it got more enjoyable, truly. And then when I got done, I was so proud of myself. And I'm like, look at you, look at you. I'm so proud of you because I know that wasn't comfortable. But look at you now, you're feeling really good. And then this resistance showed up again. We're in Seattle and it's cold and it's raining. And my husband wanted to go for a run outside did not prepare and bring the right clothing. I travel all the time. You think I would have got together right now, but I did not. I did not bring the right clothing. So we're going out there run. Ian has shorts on and a t-shirt. I think it's like in the low 40s Fahrenheit. So it's like cold and raining. And we start running. And I felt all this resistance. As soon as I walked outside, I was like, "Ugh!" like I felt uncomfortable. I was like, I don't want to do this. And I was about to be like, no, I'm going to go in. You have fun. Bye. But then I was like, no, Ange, lean into it. And it was so fun, guys. When I got through it, I was like running. I was taking video and I was like, look at this blowing on me, all this rain. And I actually feel really good. And then what was cool is like we ran by these little libraries along the way. You know, those little ones that are like wooden that someone made and they just people donate their books in there. So I was—I always stop and check them out to see if there's like any really good books in there, and I found one that had these two books. I've been bragging about it nonstop. So the two books that were in there—one was called Domino, and it's a dec- decorating book. It's one of those beautiful books that you would like set on your. Um, little table inside the living room or something like that, you know, just because it's pretty. Well, it's got all these decorating tips in it. And they're so good, like what to do in small spaces and living rooms. And it's just a beautiful book with beautiful pictures. Then there was another uh, cookbook that's called Love Real Food, I think, something like that. And it's beautiful. It has all these vegetarian recipes in it that are just, uh, they look amazing. And I love both of them. They're pretty big, hard, heavy books. And anyways, as we were running back, I was like, Ian, I want these books. So let's carry them. And he was like, "Okay." So it's funny because we're running and we're like carrying these big, gigantic books. And we stopped at like this bougie grocery store. And we go into the grocery store. And I wanted popcorn. And we are carrying the gigantic books. And we're soaking wet. And I have this oversized raincoat on. I think I felt like we looked kind of shady because the lady came up to us and she was like, um, Can I help you guys? And she's kind of like following us around the store. And I was like, I promise we're not trying to steal in here. We're just trying to find some popcorn. But anyways, we ended up leaving. We run home with our books. And it was really fun. And the cool thing was, was when I got back, I sat down and I was like looking through all the books like a little kid. And I was so excited that we found these books. And I thought about how this joy that we experienced would not have happened unless I was willing to be uncomfortable and lean into the discomfort because I felt so much more proud of myself afterwards than I would have if I would have just sat into the hotel and didn't do anything because it was raining or it was cold outside. And there's so many that I feel like in their lives, and I've been this person too, that don't really show up and really, really enjoy life because of something that's happening that's just uncomfortable. Right. They're like waiting for the weather to be better instead of jumping out there and being like, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to enjoy this. I know I can handle this. I know I can bring joy to this situation. You know, they're not doing that. And I think about that in our lives, too, when things are happening in ways that we don't want them to be happening. And we spend so much energy and time resisting it that we don't fully enjoy it. We don't bring the joy to it. We just sit there and resist, resist, resist. And it makes you feel worse instead of being like, like you know, shifting to, I can do this. Like, it's okay. I can be uncomfortable through this. I can bring the joy to this situation. I mean, you got to coach yourself, right? Otherwise we just react and we go down that spiral. So um, my point is, Leaning into the discomfort, that's something I know I need to do more of to be who I want to be and to stop procrastinating. Another thing happened this morning, I'm at the hotel and I was so proud of myself, I just wrote this out in my journal, is that I I did my workout in the morning and I did did it distraction free. Like I just finished the whole thing. It's like five different circuits, finished it all the way through. Most of the time what I'm doing is I'm doing one circuit. I'm distracted, looking at something. And before I know it, it took me such a long time to do that exercise because I was so distracted and it took away my whole day because I was procrastinating on it because I was actually avoiding being uncomfortable instead of just doing the thing, making myself proud. So I just want to shine a light for you. Think about this. It doesn't have to be your own exercise. It could be any area of your life. Think about it. Where are you avoiding being uncomfortable and just procrastinating and not leaning into it when you know that that's not going to make you proud of how you show up, right? You know that. And you know that time is passing by. We don't have all the time in the world here on earth. We don't. So how can you legit show up for your life? You got to end some things. That's how you can legit show up. You got to decide that you are disciplined in the pursuit of your dreams, period. The people that are going to achieve success in whatever definition you want to describe success, they are disciplined in pursuit of their dreams. They don't let a little uncomfortable weather, this could be a metaphor for anything, get in the way of them being who they want to be. They don't let a little like challenge that randomly showed up that they weren't expecting stop them from being who they want to be, right? Their power and what they design in their life is not determined by external circumstances. It comes from within. And that's what we got to start thinking about. All right, y'all. So I'm going to move us over to the old episode. I think you're really going to love it. It's talking about all these things that we really could stop doing, we could end so that we can have a new beginning and be who we want to be. All right, here we go. But let's get on with the number one thing that we need to stop doing for real. And I'm going to say this is the number one thing because in our Facebook group, The Intentionalists, which you can also come on in, um, I recently asked, what is the thing that you want to stop doing? And the majority of people said they want to stop scrolling on social media. And you know that this is something a lot of us struggle with because of how it's designed. I mean, it is designed by some of the leading behavioral, cognitive People like th- that understand the brain and how it works and how to make something addictive. It's designed by people like that. They hire the best of the best to do that. And that's what keeps us on it. with the dopamine hits, you know, you know all the things. And if you've seen The Social Dilemma, that like really woke me up. And even after watching The Social Dilemma, I was still like, finding myself wanting to scroll. And I just, I see now how addicting it can be. Like so much time can go by and we spent it just looking at other people's stuff, you know, watching them live their life instead of working on our own dreams, living our own life. And let me be clear, I don't hate social media. I just told you about my group on Facebook. I love everybody there. I love connecting with people, but I think that we need to do it in a way that's more intentional. So To put it into perspective, the average amount of people spend two hours and 24 minutes a day on social media. And that's lower. Like some people spend four and a half hours. It's just insane. And when you're like, how does someone have that time? Look at how much time you're spending on social media. Like look at your apps. You know how you can see how much time you spent on things. I remember when I did that, it scared me. Like I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, it wasn't all in one setting, but every little bit adds up throughout the day. And then you have to remember that every little bit of something you do adds up. That means that little bit of time that you might have been scrolling and checking social media, you could have been working on something that's important to you. You could have been doing some squats for five minutes, you know, or reading. I was reading this article about how do you... um read more because that's a big goal of mine this year is to become an avid reader because everyone I admire, they just, they read a lot. They're always getting wisdom and, you know, they're using it, applying it. And I'm like, I want to be like that. So anyways, I was looking at tips and one of the tips that this guy had was that he said that he literally like carries the book around with him. And if he's waiting in line, if something is, You know, taking longer than he expected. He'll just read. And he said, you would not believe how many more books I read just because of those little moments I take advantage of. We all have those moments in our lives where we're waiting for something, those little pockets of time where we can do something really intentional with them. But what do most people do? They scroll on their phone. That's what most people do. I mean, even think about the time that you have when you might heat something up in the microwave. Some of us just stand there and we watch like the timer go down. I used to be that person and now I will like do things in between or literally I'll be doing like squats for the little bit of time and it's just like a fun little challenge for me. I love like adding things up. So at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, how much did I move today or how much water did I drink? Like it just I feel like it makes me proud and it keeps me motivated, but I love to take advantage of those little moments. And some of us don't have the social media issue, but we might have other things that are stealing our attention, like, you know, Netflix or certain TV shows or whatever. We all have those things. But back to social media, let's put this back into perspective. Okay, let's say on average, two hours and 24 minutes that someone is spending. Um, what does that look like in a month? That's like three full days. What does that look like in a year? 36 full days. What does it look like in a lifetime? Well, of course, that depends on how long you're living for, but let's go with the average life expectancy. It's looking like 7.7 years or something like that. And that's if you got on social media when you were like a baby. But let's be real. Some people are getting on social media when they're like a baby. You know what I mean? So anyways, isn't that insane to think about that someone could spend seven years of their life just scrolling? And people will spend even more than that because two hours and twenty-four minutes is on the very, very much so on the lower scale for a lot of people. It's just crazy. And when you think about all of us that have excuses around why we're not moving forward on things, let's let's stop and look at where our time is going. If you've ever done one of those time audit kinds of things and paid attention to where your time is going, it really just is. It's so helpful. It wakes you up. It's something I did recently, and I was like, what. No, like you're spending even like things that are good things in a sense in my life. I was spending so much time unintentionally on those things, but it's not moving me forward on the things that are important to me. And this is why you know I love teaching about being intentional with your life. But it takes so much one courage because you end up letting other people down when you are intentional with your life. You do. That's just how it is. Like for example, I don't talk to people constantly on the phone anymore. I love my friends. I love my family. But I had to set some boundaries around that because what would happen is I'm pretty chatty. So I could be on the phone all day talking to someone. I don't really like to necessarily be on the phone, but I could be walking and like doing messaging back and forth. And like I, I could be, yeah, that could take up so much of my time. And it was. And I wasn't moving forward on the things that was important to me. And now I set some boundaries around that because I had to because I wanna be intentional with my life. I wanna make sure at the end of my life that I am proud of what I created and how I showed up and that's gonna require you to start looking at your time and where it's going and starting to create some kind of constraints around things so that you have more freedom. Structure equals freedom, hands down. All right, moving on to the second thing. That was a long one, but I felt like it was needed. The second thing that we need to stop doing sitting around all day. And a lot of us are in roles sometimes that require us to sit around a lot. I know that when I'm gone working, it's a long day of sitting, but it's not because it's forced to be that way. Like a lot of us like to use that excuse, like, well, I have to do my work and I can't move around that much. But we could definitely add some more movement in throughout the day with little walks and breaks in between. And I started doing that And it's so helpful because I would just set goals for myself of how many kind of steps I want to do, the distance I wanted to cover. And I set times like I was going to get up and go walk for five minutes and come back. Or during my lunch break, I was going to walk. And I started adding that into my life and it feels so good. But it's something that I have to be intentional about or it does not happen. Man, I was recently – I was not moving as much because it was colder outside. Let me be real; that's my excuse, and I didn't want to go out there. So, um, but I was looking at how much movement I was doing, and I was like, "Dang, Ange! Like, no wonder why you've been feeling like crap. You haven't even gone out and like really breathe in the fresh air. Stop making excuses. Bundle up. Are you do your dancing in the mornings and aim to to get to so many steps in the morning, you know, or during your lunchtime? There's other ways." that we can add more movement. And you know what's important, so I'm gonna encourage you to do that too. Set a goal for yourself and pick the times that you're gonna be doing it. And decide in your brain right now when and where. It's really important when it comes to achieving your goals. People, y'all, if you're in my one of my groups, my accountability groups, then you know that I'm big about t- making you tell me when and where because the brain likes that imagery around like when it's gonna be doing something And the time, it just likes to know. It likes certainty. We know that. So give it that when it comes to our goals. All right. The third thing, stop avoiding things that you know you need to get done. You know those things that are really annoying to do, but you know you need to do them. Stop avoiding it. And I'm speaking to myself here because one of the things that I don't like to deal with is like tax stuff, the financial stuff, like looking at it. I've set up a system that really serves me. But some, a while back, I had kind of fallen off my system a little bit because of all the travel and things. I, I just wasn't making it a priority, keeping it real. And I just, it was really painful for me to go back in and wrap up my finances for the year and set my new budget for this, this coming year. But it felt so good when I was done with it. So good. So um, one of the things that Jim Quick says, love this quote. He says, if you procrastinate, life gets harder. But if you do the hard stuff now, life gets easier. Isn't that so true? Because I procrastinated my budget stuff. It was harder to deal with. Rather than doing a little bit at a time, it's so manageable. Like I literally can spend like five minutes on it every week. But because I procrastinated on it, it took me quite a while, like hours to kind of clean up the system and figure out what was happening, like resituating, Like I have mint, so I have to go in and like recategorize things and all of that. And it was really painful. I hated the process of it, but it got to be that way. It got hard because I procrastinated on it. The little moments where it would have been easy. Think about it. It's even like cleaning your house. It's like letting it be a disaster and then you're feeling so overwhelmed that you have to clean it like that or even letting the laundry all pile up and it's like annoying that you have to do laundry. But if you do a little bit at a time and you create a system for yourself that really honors that, it doesn't feel so hard. So another one of the things I teach is um, around time blocking. And like creating like focus blocks of time that you're going to specifically work on stuff. My last email that I sent out, um, I talked about how I set assign sign each day, a different name. So like Tuesday now is Tidy Tuesday. And that's the day that I clean my house. There's a, a chunk of time that is devoted towards cleaning up my house. Why? Because I used to have so much chatter in my brain about when I should clean. Like things would be... I mean, I've not, I don't consider myself a messy person. I'm really not. I don't identify with that at all. I like to be in spaces that are really clean because it helps me focus because I do think that I can get distracted pretty easily, especially by things around me being messy. So I would have this chatter in my mind, like you should really clean, you should clean. And instead of focusing on the other things, that would be in my mind going back and forth and I'd kind of be battling it. No, I don't want to do it now. All the, you know, all the mind stuff. But when I ended up Picking a day, it reduced the chatter because now when it pops up, it's like, you should clean. It's like, no, Tuesday. Tuesday is tidy Tuesday. That's when we do that, the specific chunk of time. So every day of the week, I set a block of time for household things because I used to get overwhelmed trying to um, do my work, be a good wife mom duties. I don't I don't have children right now, but like my cats and stuff, but I'm I'm prepping for that time that I do. I know there's a lot of things to manage in my life. So I want to make sure I have a system to do so. So, um this little morning chunk of time I dedicate towards household related goals and each day is assigned something. So like Monday is meal Monday where I prep meals for the week. And sometimes that's something as simple as like cutting up the kale and putting it in like the right container so it's easier to work with or taking things out of the freezer and, you know, things like that. So anyways, that's been so helpful to me. And there's a day for the when I'm working on the laundry, all of that. So I recommend that you pick a time that you're going to be focusing on things and try to have a consistent block throughout the week so you can develop a habit. So like on my Focus time blocks through the week, there's a set time that I'm working on work stuff or working on my passion projects. And there's a set time that I'm doing household stuff. And it occurs at the same time every day as much as I can get it to. And you know, sometimes there's certain meetings and things that pop up. It doesn't work that way. But for the most part, I'm trying to develop habits around when I'm working on certain things. This has created so much more freedom for me, so much more joy, so much more peace. One thing I highly recommend. All right, moving on. Next thing. All right, you all got to stop looking at your phone before you go to bed, laying in your bed, scrolling on your phone. Stop doing that because you know those dang blue lights. You know they're not good for you. We've heard this. What it does is it it messes with our circadian rhythms and it basically makes it so we're not able to produce the melatonin that we need to fall asleep because our body is thinking that it's light that we should stay up. So it really messes you up. And not only is it, not, is it making it so you can't fall asleep, so you, and it takes longer for you to get into that you know, deeper sleep that you need, and then it affects your next day. We've been talking a lot in my accountability group about um, your evening routines and how important an evening routine is because it affects your day the next day, right? We need to be thinking about our future selves and how can we set up our future self? How can we set her up for success? How can we not be a jerk to her? The girl that's going to have to wake up tomorrow, right? Well, one of the things that we can do is stop scrolling on our phone when homegirl, you, your future self, needs to get some sleep so she can show up as the best version of herself. Because you know what happens when she doesn't sleep very well? One, she's grouchy Two, it's hard for her to think. She's not as quick. She doesn't get as much done. And three, she tends to like crave the worst of foods. You guys ever had that happen to you? Like you want all the things that, like that are not good for you. Like you need energy. So what ends up happening, your brain's like, I know how you can get energy very quickly. Those chocolate chip cookies. Go get them. Actually, on your way home from work, stop at Starbucks. Get one of those like nice fancy coffees too because that give me some sugar real quick. You know what I mean? That's what happens. So those blue lights, another thing that they do, listen to this study. It says, uh, there was this Harvard study that was done on diabetes and obesity. So what they did was they put 10 people on a schedule that gradually shifted the timing of their circadian rhythms, which is what the blue lights affect, right? As a result, their blood sugar increase, which put them in a pre-diabetic state, and levels of leptin, which is a hormone that makes you feel full after eating, that those levels went down. So what ended up happening is it affected their ability to feel full and it increased their blood sugar levels. So it, basically, the blue lights are not only affecting your ability to fall asleep, but it's affecting your whole body. It's like jacking you up and it's not serving you. So... Think about what it is that you need to do to make sure that you're not you don't, you're going to break that habit if you have one of that scrolling before bed. Um, something that I've done is I I read at night now, so it's something I replace that with. But I will take my phone and I put my phone actually on airplane mode and I put it away from me, so it's like kind of down the stairs a little bit. So I actually have to get up in the morning and go grab it when my alarm goes off, and that makes my butt get out of bed. I had to do that because I'm too tempted to go back to sleep if it's easy for me to grab and that's my alarm source. But it's just away from me at night. So I don't even have it next to me to look at. And anyways, that's been super helpful. I had to do that because it's kind of like, you know, having Oreos in your cupboards when you know that you like Oreos and you're going to eat them. Don't put them in the cupboards. Don't do it. You just got to know yourself. What you do is you increase resistance. That's what makes it so you aren't going to do the thing. The brain doesn't like resistance. So if, if it's harder for you to do something, it's not going to do it. So you can even think about your goals in another way. Like if you want to work out more, you know how they say like set your clothes out, have them all ready. What you're doing there is you're reducing the resistance. So you're more likely to do it. Now, if there's something you don't want to do, what do you do? You increase the resistance. That makes sense. That's how the brain works. All right. Next thing. All right, we're going through these a little bit slower than I wanted, so I'm going to speed it up for you. But the next thing related to your phone is not looking at it first thing in the morning because what happens is you basically rewire, reprogram your brain to be more reactive, to be all about looking at what else is happening. Like I'm talking about when you get your, when you take your phone and you immediately start checking emails, looking at social media, whatever it is on your phone that is about somebody else. You're training your brain to do that first thing in the morning. So you're giving your attention to someone else besides you first in the morning. And it's just like, you know, the analogy we already always hear what On the plane, you put your own mask on first before you help somebody else. Yeah, we've all heard that. But for real, like in the morning, start with you. Start what you need to do to feel good so that you can show up well and then you can serve others well. Don't make it all about looking at what everybody else is doing first thing in the morning. So I had to break that habit too because it was natural. Like when I grabbed my phone, I saw my alarm and what happened is I saw all the other things coming in. That is why my phone is on airplane mode at night is because when I, when my alarm goes off, I don't see anything coming in. I don't get any notifications. And then I made it so that in the morning with my chunks of time, I'm focusing on certain things like my goals and things I want to move forward. I'm going to do a whole episode on morning routines. Because I think that will be really helpful just to hear other people's perspective of their morning routines. I got a bunch of my favorite ladies that will be willing to share their morning routines, which will be cool to hear. Because I swear, when I hear everybody else's, I'm like, oh, I want to do that too. That's a great idea, you know. But the three things just very quickly that if you don't have a morning routine or you're, you're not really following one. I mean, we all have morning routine in some way, but we're not following our ideal morning routine. Um, Three things that I just think are important to add is like some mindfulness in some way. If that's journaling, prayer, like a combination of those things, gratitude, like that's in my morning routine. Uh, Mindfulness, movement, and mastery. I just heard this from um, Amy Landino. Um, Is that how you say her last name? Anyways, I think so. (laughs) But anyways, um, That's kind of part of her morning routine. I thought it was so good because it's part of mine. I just never described it in that way. So mindfulness, you're moving your body and mastery, like you're working on something that you really want to work on, even if it's just 10 minutes, 15 minutes, another goal of yours that you want to move forward. Can you add that? Can you do that in the morning somehow? Maybe that does require you to wake up early. I don't know. But anyways, that's a whole other podcast episode. Sorry, I just had to get that out. All right. So um, the next thing is talking bad about people. Stop doing that. A lot of us have the habit of that and we don't even realize it. Like we identify as good human beings who love other people and we do the best that we can. I know I identify that same way, but I can be, I can talk bad about people. I'm just keeping it real. Like there's some people that just drive me insane and annoy me. Like I'm a real human and I tend to give energy to that and it doesn't serve me. Because what happens is as I'm focusing on the stuff I don't want. Plus, I'm being the kind of person I don't want to be. So I've had to call myself out on that. Like just an example, Ian and I were staying at a hotel. He was doing some work for the weekend with, um, he was on this dentist thing for this army thing. That's irrelevant. Why am I even telling you that? Anyways, we're at a hotel and um, it was so annoying because we're sleeping. It's like 4 a.m., may- maybe 4 a.m., and we hear, like, people down the hallway, like, on their phones, on speaker, like, yelling, swearing. And just, like, it was – we were just like, are you kidding me? That is so rude. And now here I am giving energy to it. But, like, after the fact, I just kept talking about it. in the morning. I'm like, I can't believe these people. Like, do they really act like, like no one else is around? The world just revolves around them. Like, here I go on my little complaining kind of spree. And it's like I'm giving energy to what I don't want. And the next thing – and I'm talking bad about someone. And I don't like that. I mean, you know, so I'm not perfect. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm just saying it's something that we can be more mindful of. OK, so the next thing is caring what other people think so much. You know, this is the number one regret of the dying. What? I did not live a life true to myself. That what ha- they wish I wish I would have lived a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. But the, the regret, the number one regret of the dying. So we can learn from that and know that our Our purpose of our life is to live a life that truly is true to us, that's in alignment with our goals, our strengths, our values. I think we've been given these strengths or these gifts to serve, hands down. But I think that I believe that we're meant to enjoy our life, like that God wants us to enjoy our life. And that involves using the gifts that he's given us in a way that feels good to us. Not in a way that feels like crappy to us. I think if you're doing things and it doesn't feel good to you, I don't think that's what God wants you to do. Like I'm not talking about um, never doing anything that makes you uncomfortable. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm I'm talking about living your life in a way that you're you're constantly spending so much of your time doing things that don't light you up. I don't think that's what God wants for you. I think when you are living in alignment with your values and your gifts, it's going to feel good to you. It's not I'm not saying life is always gonna be, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Like that's not life. We're humans. We're gonna experience hardship. But you know what I mean when I say that. I know you do. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's just let go what other people think about us and ask yourself a lot, like what would I do if I didn't care what they thought? What would I do? How would I show up if I didn't care what she thought, what he thought, or whomever. Right? All right. Um, the next thing is stop complaining we talked about this a little bit. It's draining to both you as the complainer and those that are listening. It's just draining. You're generating catabolic energy. So instead, talking about the things that you enjoy, that you're grateful for. And sometimes you got to be the one in a conversation that helps shift somebody. Like earlier, I was talking to my dad. My dad loves to talk about politics and just all these things that he doesn't like. And God bless him. Like I love him, but he does. So I constantly am doing some coaching back and forth shifting. So I'll be like, well, dad, what are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? And I have to keep doing that because it's like a lot of us just shift into the things that we're not excited about or like that we're frustrated with. You know, we start complaining. It's a habit that a lot of people have and they don't even realize it. So just be more mindful of when you're doing that and even ask yourself, you know, what is it that you're excited about? What are, like, what are you looking forward to? What are you grateful for? What was good that to happened today? We got to consciously do that because we're just prone to complain, I think, as humans. Focus on those things. So shift yourself, shift others. Yeah. All right. Number nine is to stop making excuses for why you're not doing the things you want to do. Stop it. I I don't want to be the person that's always making excuses. I hear it all the time from other people like, yeah, I didn't get that done because of this. This is straight up. Say you chose not to do it. Straight up. Say it. We all got to do that. So favorite quote from Jim Quick. He says you can make excuses and progress, but you can't make both. So true. And sometimes we need to hear that. So he also says, don't say show. Don't promise. Prove. Keep the most important thing, the most important thing. And there was something, I think it was John Cuff, He's another one of my favorite authors. I think it was him who said something like, if you don't make 30 minutes to work on your dream, you're either lying about having a dream or you just really don't care about it. Like it's, you know, like really, if, because 30 minutes, you can find 30 minutes in your day to work on the thing that's on your heart. You can, but you gotta be intentional about it. I had to have someone call me out on that because there's a lot of goals and things I said that were important to me, but my actions didn't show that. And that's what it means to live an intentional life is to be in alignment with what it is that you, you say you want or who you want to be or what you want to create. Are your actions in alignment? Are your thoughts in alignment which lead to your actions? We really got to check that out. And if you're telling me that something is important to you, I want to see it planned in your day. I want to see it planned in your week. That you are making time specifically for that thing. You have to, because if you don't, what happens is the world takes over. If we don't design the life we want, what someone else does. I always say that, and it's so true. So we have to be intentional. All right, two more things. We're almost done. Stop saying you're busy. Stop doing that. I do that too. But anyone can say that they're busy. We're all busy doing something. But when you say it over and over, it becomes your identity, and then you will unconsciously look for ways to be busier. And remember the goal isn't to be busy, it's to honor your values. That's the goal. And a lot of us need to to check in and see what our values are, and if, you know, ask ourselves, are we honoring them? All right. So um, another thing Jim says is he says a lot of people are burnt out because they're doing too little of the things that make them come alive. Uh, I feel that. A lot of people are burnt out because they're doing too little of the things that make them come alive. So how can you plan to do more of the things that make you come alive? And that might come back to your morning routine when you can fit in that time for your mastery, that thing that you want to work on, that you want to improve on, whatever that is for you. And if you're like, I need help with that, you can always book a coaching session with me. You can go to my website. It's angebarnard.com or intentionalmypodcast.com. Podcast, and um, I have like my stuff on there. Anyways, message me because I love that. That's my favorite thing is helping people just be more intentional with their lives, getting clear on what it is that they want. And if you're like, I don't know where to fit this in, we can brainstorm. We can figure it out. We can make this happen. So at the end of it all, that you, you don't have regrets about how you showed up, how you lived your life. Like, I don't want that for anyone. I don't want that for me. That's my, truly, that's my biggest fear. My, my biggest fear is that I would die, like, not doing the things on my heart. Like, not living a life true to me. Not designing, like, the life that I want. Like, using the gifts God gave me. Like, that is a huge fear of mine. All right. Um, one more thing. The, the last thing, very important, is stop being mean to yourself. And judging yourself so hard, we can be so dang mean to ourselves. And Ian, my husband, calls me out about this all the time. Like, he'll be like, Yeah, like you're being really mean to yourself. Cause I remember we were talking about our finances, and he's like, I'm just really proud of us, you know, around our finances. And I was like, I could have done so much better though. Like, before I met you, I mean, I could have been way better with my money. Like, I wish I would have just known, like, someone would have taught me. I was like, going on this rant. Cause like, I grew up in a family where, like they weren't good with their money. Like my mom, you know, I'm a first generation college student. I'm a daughter of an immigrant. Like we, there's a lot of, I guess, knowledge that my family didn't have around money. And they also came from families of, you know, poverty. So there's a lot of things I had to learn. And when I look back, I'm like, dang, I wish I would have done that better. I wish I would have been more mindful. Like, you know, with my money when I was in college, I would have paid my loans off faster. Like all of this stuff, this chatter shows up. And I was kind of going on that rant with Ian and he's like, stop being so mean to yourself. Like you did the best that you could given what you knew. And sometimes we need to hear that. Um, But there's a lot of other things we're just mean to ourselves about. Like, you know, when you don't follow your routines that you want to follow, like I used to be so mean to myself about that. And now like I always have to tell myself, I choose progress over perfection. I choose prog- like this morning when I didn't get up exactly when I wanted to, I still got up. I still did my morning routine. It was later than I wanted, but I was like still proud of myself because I was like, you choose progress over perfection. Like you're not going to be mean to yourself. Like I have to like nip it right away. Just watch your thoughts. You can be real mean to yourself if you really pay attention to those thoughts. And a lot of people aren't paying attention, but I dare you to because what happens is those thoughts are leading to how you're feeling, the how you're acting. Like, you got to be aware of what you're telling yourself, those stories. All right. Um, the last thing is to inspire people with your grit and your grace. Not only towards them, but yourself. Going back to that message and even just a message for like a mantra for yourself. I inspire people with my grit and my grace. I inspire people with my grit and my grace. Let's hold on to that. All right, I hope you got a lot out of this episode. I think it was really fun to do and it came from my heart. I'm so grateful that you're here. If you haven't left us a review, leave one. If you're liking this stuff, let me know. I so appreciate that. It helps me, it makes me feel inspired to keep doing it because sometimes guys, it gets really lonely over here and I'm like, and it's a lot of work. So it's so, I'm just blessed to be able to hear that it makes a difference. All right, have an awesome week. I'll talk to you soon, bye.